Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor, Horns 24-7, Taylor Estes. Taylor, we are in Big 12 play. The Longhorns are headed to Lubbock, Texas to begin Big 12 play. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter if we're ready, right, Chip? It's more if Texas is ready and this is a wide open Big 12. Let's see what Texas, you know, my, my take is, let's see what Texas like what they're trying to fight for, honestly, with the the conference being wide open. But I'll ask you, are you, well, I guess neither one of us are going to Lubbock. So I guess Jeff Howe needs to be the one that we're asking if he's ready. But are you ready for Big 12 play to open on the road in Lubbock? You're a former stomping grounds there. Yeah, I'm ready. I did. I used to live in Lubbock. I lived there from 1990 to 1992. I was like 21 years old. So it was actually okay because I, I had a job, I had a car, and there were all these tech students around. So, um, Chip Brown was a hot commodity in Lubbock, Texas I in mean, the 90s, apparently. A hundred years ago, <laughs> out on the South Plains, I had a turbocharged four-cylinder Ford probe that took off like a rocket ship. I'm not going to lie. It was the first brand new car I ever bought and life was good. I lived yeah. at Sundial Village in Lubbock. It was like one of the few apartments that had a lake. <laughs> I've um, never heard of a Ford probe just to make you feel even better about how about that, that, that timeline there. So when were you, you were there early nineties? Yeah. 90 to 92. Yeah. It was yeah. They don't make the Ford barely probe. learning how to not you know, go to the bathroom in my own pants at that point. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a terrible name for a car too, right? A probe. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to get probed? But it was, it was a it sports probed car. probed a lot of people there. Just kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> I could not tell you how, uh, how special I thought I was at that particular time in the world. All right. So that brings up an interesting point, Taylor. If Texas goes to the SEC, as we've been saying in 2024, 
because we don't think there's any way ESPN starts its exclusive broadcast rights to SEC football without Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. If that happens, that means this would be the Longhorns' last trip to Lubbock as conference mates. So I would imagine the fans, the Tech fans at Jones Stadium this weekend will have maybe a few extra tortillas to throw. (laughs) And, you know, it's not been a problem for Texas in Lubbock since 2008, the Michael Crabtree uh, dream dashing touchdown catch that knocked Texas out of the national championship picture, a picture they very much deserved to be in. Since that loss, Taylor, Texas is 6-0 and in Lubbock, including a 63-56 overtime win, one of the most improbable, are-you-kidding-me comebacks by Texas that I've covered in 30 years. Uh, Sam Ellinger and um, Brennan Eagles and uh, remember um, Epps? Yeah, Malcolm Epps. Who's recovering at, the onside kick. Yeah, he's at USC now. and He had a pretty good game last week, actually, too. How about that? Um, mm-hmm. That game was crazy. I don't I still don't know. Texas was down 16 um, with three minutes left and came back and got it into overtime and won the game 63-56. That might have been the beginning of the end for Matt Wells, quite honestly, because uh, you that everyone in Jones Stadium thought Tech had won that game. And, and Texas finds a way, gets it done. Now they need to find a way and get it done against a 2-1 Texas Tech team coming off a loss at – NC State and um, Tech is without its starting quarterback, Tyler Shuck, who suffered a shoulder injury in their opener over Murray State. Uh, If you have not listened to our podcast interview with Jared Johnson of InsideTheRedRaiders.com, it doesn't sound like Shuck will be back this week against Texas, it will probably still be Donovan Smith. And Taylor, Donovan Smith has thrown five interceptions in the last two games, including pick sixes in back-to-back games uh, in a 33-30 overtime win over Houston and in the loss to NC State. So, you know, Jade Barron just uh, returned an interception for a touchdown and was named the big 12 defensive player of the week. I asked him, you aware that Donovan Smith has thrown pick sixes in back-to-back games? He said, yeah, I'm aware. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's a, a very big opportunity chip, I think for the Texas defense against this Texas tech offense. Um, if you did not listen to the interview, podcast that we did with Jarrett Johnson, definitely go back and listen. He gave um, very real in-depth analysis of this uh, Texas Tech team in 2022. And he kind of talked about it's a little weird because Texas Tech 
usually the problem is defense, but that has not been the problem. It's been the offense. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the injury to Tyler Shuck, who he was the starting quarterback last year when Texas played them in that 70 to 35 route too. He's, you know, injured all of that. Um, I thought Jarrett Johnson gave a very good and real analysis of the current state of the Red Raiders, but the offense is a big question. It sounds like for Texas tech, at least through the first three games of the season, meaning the Texas defense really, really has a chance to make a claim for itself, make a a name for itself a little bit. um, Just because, you know, coming off that year in 2021 chip, I feel like even covering the Texas defense, we've seen three straight games of very, very good defensive performances. Like I don't, I don't care how many yards they gave up to UTSA. They gave up 20 points, including only three points in the second half, which if you're a Texas fan and you watch games in 2021 in year one of Steve Sarkeesian's time as a head coach, you will take that every single day of the week because And then, you know, the offense also outscoring UTSA by such a large margin as well in the second half of that game, you know, 24 to three, I believe is what Texas outscored UTSA in the second half. I mean, this is a play, this is, but there's still a a part of me that's like, okay, this team hasn't played on the road. Let's see what this defense looks like on the road in a hostile environment, which is, I mean, it doesn't matter what time of the day the game is played at Texas Tech and uh, Jones Stadium out there. It's always a hostile environment. They pack the house when Texas football hits the road for Lubbock, and it is it's heated. It's it's heated even if you're on the sideline. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the sideline covering a Texas Tech game before when I would have to like shoot video, and it was like being like dodging like of like objects being thrown, everything like it, it's real. Like they actually do throw things onto the field. And even if you're a media member, you may get hit with a few things, but you know, this is a, this is really an, an opportunity I feel for the Texas defense to just shut out any talk about there being, you know, a, a lapse kind of into what we saw last season for Texas and uh, you know, against Texas tech in a hostile environment, They've, I think that this is a huge prime opportunity, and I think if the if the team is together, then I think that they're going to make a, a big statement here from the defensive side of the ball. Now, the offense for Texas facing a, a solid Texas Tech defense is going to definitely be something to watch, but I really feel like this could just be one of those statement games for the Texas defense for Pete Kwiatkowski, this unit, to really just kind of shut out any talk of what last year was and be like, okay, this is what Texas defense is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this tech offense um, leads the big 12 in passing also leads the big 12 in interceptions with seven and their rushing offense is dead last in the big 12 and they have good running backs. I mean, Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson so Roderick Thompson had a huge touchdown run against Texas two years ago out in Lubbock, and those backs are good. And so, um, again, check out the flagship pod interview with Jarrett Johnson because he breaks down some of the issues that are going on with the Tech offense. And, you know, it's interesting because Keandre Coburn, uh, when – they, when Texas gave up the touchdown, then the onside kick, then the double pass touchdown and fell behind 17 to seven, 
he gathered up the defense on the sideline and and really you know started ranting about how much the defense still had to prove and Coburn's teammates Ovia Gofu others said yeah he was pissed you know he he said what needed to be said and and they as you said held UTSA to three points the rest of that game and that is you know Coburn said maybe I overreacted maybe I got overheated but that's what they needed to hear you know yeah. he saw signs of slippage he called the guys together and that defense responded and that's that's a good sign I mean look Steve Sarkeesian wasn't crazy about the way the team uh, started that UTSA game from a mental focus standpoint and the defense had 15 missed tackles as opposed to to five against ULM and only six against Alabama. And, and so the adversity that Texas has faced, it does bode well for them going on the road where they were one in five last year and really struggled um, that they've been through some adversity. They're going to face some more on Saturday at two 30 in Lubbock. And uh, the fact that the defense responded the way they did, I think you're right. It, it, bodes well it's the reason i'm picking texas uh to win this game and to win it to cover uh is that defense i mean i think that um texas is starting to put some stuff together you know john a baron was right place right time on that interception it was a tipped ball off the hands of a utsa uh, player uh, right into john a baron's hands but he made the play 41 yard pick six and that kind of play gives you confidence. Look at Jalen Ford for Texas. He had that sack against Alabama, and he's been playing lights out ever since. Had 15 tackles and a forced fumble in the in the win over UTSA. And suddenly, middle linebacker, which was a real position of question last year, is now turning into a strength. Now, again, Jalen Ford's got to show he can do that on the road. And and continue to evolve but if he keeps getting better like that then this defense is going to get better and we're seeing push from the defensive line they're they're definitely penetrating more and and deshaun jameson played last week so that's that's big time ryan watts um is making plays and and so you know the safety position is starting to look like it's not a problem for Texas Taylor. And that's something that we talked about all off season is that safety position uh, guys moving from other positions. Is that going to be a strength? Like Steve Sarkeesian says, it's going to be that it's going to allow them to play more man and have faster guys uh, in that, in that safety role so far. So good. Yeah. Through three games, I feel like the Texas defense really has a, uh, answered the questions that were the off-season questions because it was the, you know, everyone talked about the lack of um, pass or a lack of pressure from the front, the defensive line last season. You know, the fact that Ben Davis, a backup that did not actually play in every game, somehow led the team with just two and a half sacks in 12 games. Like that was a huge issue. 
The defense is the the you know defensive line. The front is doing a much better job of getting after quarterbacks. And it's not even just that. Like you know, we're not just talking about UTSA. I mean, they got after Bryce Young often, and we're talking about a team that played for the national title last year, currently still the number two ranked team in the country in college football, one that has been a perennial contender for the college football playoff championship and playing in multiple of those games. I mean, that, that like you can't look at what Texas has put on paper defensively right now and be like, oh, well, this is why the numbers look better than what they actually are going to be if they face conference opponents. No, I mean, they, they've had plenty of challenges. They faced Frank Harris, as you and I talked about after the UTSA game, is probably the the one of arguably the one of the best quarterbacks, you know, that they will have faced moving into Big 12 play. I'm not saying he's better than Bryce Young, but, you know, he he there's a good chance that he's up there with, you know, at least toe to toe, if not better than some of the Big 12 competition that Texas is about to face at quarterback too, from the defensive side of the ball. I mean, and then you said it like the safety position, really, I was um were, I think that was one of my biggest concerns that in the offensive line were two of my biggest concerns, but just because the safety position was just so just in shambles a lot in year one under Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Kwiatkowski's defense. And, you know, with uh, Blake Gideon coaching the safeties there, the fact that they had to move players once again to have starters who had never started at the position, that was a huge question, but they've played really well. Linebacker, as you said, J I mean, Jalen Ford has been uh, answering the call. You know, he has really stepped up. Um, and and honestly, I'll even say quickly, the offensive line is probably playing better than I would have given them credit for. Now, it's different when you're playing at home. You have the home field advantage in Texas give credit to the fans, they've actually created a home field advantage in their own stadium where a lot of times in my career covering Texas, and this is not a call out of the fans, but in my career covering Texas, you know, I was on the field for times where there was a hundred thousand fans there and I never walked away, you know, covering a game, being on the field with my ears ringing, yet somehow I would go to K-State that holds like 45,000 or 50,000 and I had ringing in my ears for days after because of how loud it got. Like the the home field advantage is really hitting home right now, I think for Texas this season. And so you have to erase that out of the equation. You've got to kind of create your own momentum when you're on the road. This team has not had the opportunity to do so. And so that that remains an unknown, but I think it, it goes back to starting with the defense. If the defense can really get off to a, you know, just get some momentum working in their favor early in that game. That's how you erase somebody else's home field advantage. There's a lot of opportunity for that, um, especially going up against this Texas Tech offense. That's kind of a question entering conference play, which has not been the case in years past. Well, a couple of big um, storylines for Texas going into this game, obviously quarterback, uh, Steve Sarkeesian announcing on Monday that um, that Quinn Ewers is practicing, Hudson Card obviously practicing, and Malik Murphy, uh, who suffered a a wrist injury in a in a scooter accident, is is practicing again. And you know when I asked Bijan Robinson if he, you know I I said is Quinn telling you he's going to play this weekend. He, he said, 
well, if he plays, let's go. But if he's not ready, I'd rather we not rush him. And, you know, that's too important. It it sounded to me, Taylor, like uh, this will be another Hudson card game uh, against Texas Tech. And, and so, you know, who knows? Quinn Ewers may be made of polyurethane, but it, it sounds it sounds like it you know West Virginia is realistic if if not this weekend. So uh, I was looking at Hudson Card's numbers on the road, and they're probably better than than people would think. He, uh, you know, I think in- because his last start on the road was Arkansas, right? Right. So that's probably last, why people aren't going to give him credit. Right. He was eight of 15 in that Arkansas game for 61 yards. He, he was sacked twice. Uh, then against Iowa state, he took over for Casey Thompson and went 14 of 23 for 101 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked three times, but um, he came in against West Virginia and went 10 of 16. For 123 yards and a touchdown, did not get sacked. So his numbers got better on the road last year as he went. And you got to think he's playing with some confidence right now. Now, even though they Hudson Card has not had great success with the deep ball, especially to Xavier Worthy, and Worthy needs to, you know, run a little sharper routes and get his hands on that football and go fight for it. Uh, that that's going to be interesting to watch because um, Xavier Worthy is due. Mm-hmm. He's due for a breakout game. In fact, he had a breakout game against Texas Tech last year. He had his first 100-yard game as a Longhorn and caught three touchdowns. So this will be uh, interesting to see how Hudson Card handles that environment. Bijan Robinson obviously had a big breakout game against UTSA, 20 carries, 183 yards rushing, three touchdowns. That's the kind of, uh, that's putting some uh, Bijan mustard on it. And <laughs> and he, uh, you know, can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Obviously, he can catch the football as well. So Texas has done what you wanted them to do if you're a Texas fan. You wanted them to maintain the momentum that they had in the offseason all the recruiting success, you know, bringing in Gary Patterson as a special assistant. And they've maintained that momentum, even with the lost Alabama that was oh so close to being an incredible upset win. And so now let's see how they handle the road. Because again, one in five last year, it was it was not pretty. It it, it was slow death. It was death by paper cuts and hard to watch and no one wants to relive the Bo Davis uh, bus rant and all the drama that seemed to follow Texas uh, after that road loss. But uh, this is, um, you know, probably going to be a Hudson card game. And then uh, DeMarvian Overshone, they've sent in the appeal for the targeting call that he was, um, you know, given in the second half of the UTSA game, he was ejected from that game. Uh, this year, you can appeal a targeting call to it goes to the Big Twelve and then to the NCAA. Which, good lord! Um, but Texas hoping to hear, 
you know, sooner rather than later. Obviously, I think they were hoping to hear by Thursday. Uh, obviously, Overshone is practicing and all that, but uh, could he possibly be available for the first half against Texas Tech if Texas wins that appeal? We shall see. Yeah, and that's something to watch. When um, on Monday we did not get an update on it, all we know is the appeal has been sent. The Big Twelve has sent it, or I should say. Texas has submitted the appeal to the Big 12. The Big 12 has sent it or is supposed to send it on to the NCAA. With it being a new rule, um, we don't really know. Like, we don't really know when they're supposed to get an answer back. Even UT uh, officials yesterday when we, after Sark's, you know, press conference, it was kind of like they were unsure too. It's a, it's a new situation. So that's going to be something to watch. Moving into the week, you know, Chip, when, when you – Talk about the the um, you know Xavier Worthy being due type of situation, and the fact that Hudson Card has kind of struggled a little bit with the deep ball. I would say it's more of a a lack of reps that he's gotten. You know, with the first team offense. I mean, he was not named the starter. Quinn Ewers was the one that got the bulk of the second half of fall camp first team reps with the offense. And so that's where you build that rhythm. And that's why it's, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, I think wanted to name a starter sooner rather than later in fall camp. So they can start building a rhythm with the guy that he chose to be the starting quarterback. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be, if, if Hudson card is the starter at Texas tech, I kind of feel like the same shoot or the same side as what Bijan Robinson is saying too. It's like, why rush it? You know, Hudson's been efficient. He even against Alabama, you know, came in not expecting probably to play in that game. Let's be real. Like he probably did not. You probably don't expect to pull your starter against Alabama, right? In the backup come into a game. And he still kept Texas in that game, made it a one point game and did so through injury. And then you saw him um, you know, connect on some of the more intermediate type of passes, not too many of the deep balls or anything like that. But that's where Xavier Worthy, as you said, like he's got to make a little bit more of an effort to make the play rather than in, in any receiver for that matter, rather than just expecting the ball to be dropped right in their breadbasket, just because you are dealing with a backup quarterback who does not have the type of um, the consistency with throwing as much you know, to the the starting receivers there. So um, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if Sark calls a lot of deep shots with Hudson Card, if he is the starter on Saturday, um, just since he has had a little bit more time to get more in a rhythm, you know, playing a whole game um, against UTSA as the starting quarterback, you know, it wasn't great. He didn't connect on the too many deep shots or anything like that. But I wonder how much, Sark is going to see the progression of that and if he's going to utilize it. And, and that that's to be determined. I would say that's something I'm going to watch on offense um, come Saturday, watching this game to see what level of comfortability, not just Hudson card has at the deep ball, but Sark has in Hudson card actually completing those type of passes. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to be a nice challenge for the Texas running game because Tech's defense has been really stout against the run number two in the big 12 they're only giving up 82 yards per game on the ground uh they're giving up a league low uh 2.3 yards per carry and here comes Bijan robinson and this offensive line that's 
gaining some confidence and and will have their hands full with Tyree Wilson, the six foot six, two hundred and seventy five pound defensive end that NFL scouts are are all over. Uh, he's got five and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Uh, the motor didn't always run as hot as it should, but it looks like it's running pretty hot right now. Uh, and then you've got Krishan Merriweather at middle linebacker. That guy is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Uh, they've got a nose tackle who's really active uh, named Philip Bleedy, and he is um, 6'3", 295, but he's really twitchy. And he gets he gets in gaps and um, is slippery, hard to block. So, you know, I think this is going to be a really good test. If Texas can run the ball on uh, on Texas Tech and and get all of its RPO and play action going, then um, that's another step in the right direction. We try to tell you what the marquee matchup is going to be in each game. And last week it was definitely UTSA's offense uh, against the Texas defense, even with the injuries that UTSA had on the offensive line, simply because of how good Frank Harris is. And everyone saw that mm -hmm. this week, it's going to be, um, you know, Texas trying to run the ball against that tech defense. And look, they got playmakers in the back end of that defense too. Um, they got a safety name, Muddy Waters, who's, really talented. He he's the quarterback of the secondary and they've got a uh, cornerback Malik Dunlap who leads the big 12 in pass breakups with six. So this is a better Texas tech defense than people realize. And, and this will be a good test for, for the Texas offense for Hudson card or whoever's playing quarterback, but for Bijan Robinson, Xavier worthy and Jatavian Sanders, Taylor. I mean, Jatavian Sanders had that, breakout game against uh ULM in the opener led the team in receptions and we know he's got great hands and he's kind of disappeared here uh lately and he was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown against UTSA and Hudson Card didn't see him so uh Jatavian Sanders is another guy who needs to be uh targeted a little bit more and and so we'll see. Look, Texas has a lot of mouths to feed on that offense, and uh, and no one knows how to feed them like Steve Sarkeesian. So we'll we'll see how Sark uh, takes on this new Texas Tech defense under Tim DeRuiter, who's a veteran uh, play caller. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian said, look, this guy knows what he's doing, and he does some different unconventional type things. They bring their safety down as a rusher a lot. Um, so – this will be this will be good. This will be a good challenge, Taylor. Um, yeah. Real quick, Chip, I just want to point something out here. Texas may have faced some of the best names in college football this year. I mean, the fact that there's Muddy Waters on Texas Tech, there was Kool-Aid McKinstry on Alabama, and then there was Pig Cage at UCSA. I mean, it's like Geez, that's like the trifecta of probably the best names in college football. I know random, random thought there, but no, for when sure. you said Muddy Waters, I'm like, geez, it's just been like week after week. They've had some names where we're like, this is fantastic. I love this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. You ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stick around because we have plenty more preview of Texas versus Texas Tech coming up. We'll be right back. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's bring on some love it or leave it, Chip. You ready for the first one? I'm ready. All right. My first one for you is love it or leave it. With the Longhorns likely going to the SEC in the fall of 2024, Texas fans won't miss going to Lubbock after this weekend's game. Listen, Lubbock used to have a steakhouse called the 50-yard line, and it was awesome. Their peppered ribeye, I can still taste it. And they had these little mini blueberry muffins that were amazing. But that steakhouse did not make it through COVID. So they're not going to miss going to Lubbock. They're not. It's um, look, tech fans are rough. I mean, they get in your face. I'll never forget. I had a babysitter who went to Texas, who went out to Lubbock and she was like trying to enjoy the game. And every time tech made a play, the fans would not cheer. They would get in her face. And just be like, hey, take that. Like every, you know, it that's tough. It, it doesn't make for uh, much of an enjoyable road trip. Like you go to Nebraska, their fans are like, oh, hey, thanks for coming out. You know, good luck. May the best team win. And they cheer your team as if they win as, as they leave the field. Tech, not a chance. Taylor, uh, I am going to love this. Because I don't think Texas fans are going to miss going to Lubbock. You? Yeah, I, I agree with this. I don't think fans are going to miss going to Lubbock. Um, I mean, I I have a good Lubbock story. The last time that I had to cover a game at Texas Tech, and I'm trying to remember what year it would have been. I think it was, I think it was 2013. 
2014, I believe. It was either 20, what was it? Either 2014 or 2016, I forget. But anyway, I was on the field for this game. And there was a, a security guard that was, I was in the end zone, um, like where the team like goes up the tunnel to the locker room there. I was in that end zone. And there was a security guard, like, because they stand a lot closer to you at Texas Tech. Um, I think it's probably just because the fans get a little rowdy and it was a night game. And uh, they, like, the fans were just going crazy. And the security guard says to me, and they're like, man, is this how, like, all teams are? And I was like, like, other fan bases? And they're like, yeah, like, they're just so rowdy here. Like, is this how it is other places in the Big 12? I was like, no, Texas Tech is pretty, it's pretty, like, unique with that. And then I said, I was like, is this your first season being an on-field security guard? And the woman goes, oh, no, I've been doing this for like 12 years. So the fact that an on-field security guard at Texas Tech had been doing it for over a decade was still blown away by the fact of how crazy and just like out of control their fans can get should say everything you need to know about what the experience is like if you are not and mind you it's not like i'm wearing texas gear i'm sitting there in like neutral colors and you know like i have probably had like a texas tech photo vest on everything like nothing about any of like what i was doing would say that oh i cover texas or anything like that it was just that's how crazy they get so that to me i feel like is a great you know kind of like summation of what it's like to go inside uh, Jones AT&T Stadium there, especially for night games. It's a good thing Texas does not have a night game because um, those really get out of control. But yeah, all that to say, um, I feel like we all have, if you cover uh, any Big 12 school that's not Texas Tech, I bet I, I would love to hear Jared Johnson's stories too. But if you are the opposing you know, media coming in, I feel like we all have those stories. You've had plenty. That's one of mine. I have another one. I can't say it's inappropriate, but um, from a, when a male cheerleader, what he said to me, if like my first time I went out there, but <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it's a different environment. I don't think fans are going to miss it at all. There's no, ho there's hardly any hotels. They're super expensive and it's like holiday Inn express or something. And you're paying like 500 bucks a night to go there. It's like, Oh yeah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. For yeah. Keandre mud. Coburn <laughs> said, uh, it was pretty funny. The last time they played out there it was super cold. Um, or no, two two trips he's been here a while so yeah, that he's was a fifth year senior yeah so he would have been 2018 2018 yeah. it was super cold and he said he used the tortillas that the tech fans throw at uh the opposing team he used them like a blanket um to try to keep his legs warm all right taylor love it or leave it number two all right my second one is love it or leave it quinn ewers plays in saturday's game at texas tech I don't think so. Um, I I get the feeling this is a Hudson card game. Um, I mean, I guess there's a break glass option um, where, you know, depending on how Quinn Ewers is feeling, he did get dressed and went through the light throwing uh, part of warmups last week. But... I think this is going to be a Hudson card game. And if everything goes according to plan card would start and finish this game, Taylor. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave this. Uh, how about you? 
Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I think I think that it's in Texas' best interest, unless like for some reason Quinn Ewers is 100%, which Steve Sarkeesian on Monday said not a single player on their roster is 100% at this point of the season, just like any team. If for some reason he had some miraculous turnaround, then maybe, but I feel like it's best to give it time, especially if Hudson Card is good to go. And good to go enough to where, you know, against UTSA being in a second and 22 situation and scrambling for a 32 yard run to where Bijan Robinson even asked him like, are you, are you really hurt? Like what? Like, you know, it's like, so no, I, I don't think he needs to go. I feel like if Hudson card is, you know, as healthy or, or even more healthy than he was after the, or for UTSA game. And after that, then I don't think there's any reason to rush Quinn Ewers back. So I am going to agree and leave it saying Quinn Ewers does not play in Saturday's game. And I think that's that's probably a, a good situation for Texas when you're talking about what's you know ahead on the schedule with West Virginia and then OU the following week. Yep. All right. Love it or leave it. Number three. Final one. Love it or leave it. Xavier Worthy has a breakout game against Texas Tech on Saturday. You know, I I'll love this. I mean, I I was looking at the numbers, and you know, he he has eleven catches for one hundred sixty-two yards, no touchdowns. Last year at this time, he had nine catches for one hundred forty-six yards and one touchdown. And then he had a breakout game against Texas Tech. He had five catches for one hundred yards and three touchdowns. Which was also game four of the season. That's right. So week four, week four this, this year. Too. This is week four this year. Yes, it's away from home, but Xavier Worthy, when he gets in the zone, he's in the zone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna say that Xavier Worthy does have a breakout game against Texas Tech. And look, the teams that have had success against Tech have had success throwing the football. They've not really run it on Texas Tech. So um, I'm going to love this, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to love it too. Um, we were talking, I, I mentioned this to Chip in the press box of the UTSA game, but it's kind of interesting to look and see that there's only been three passing touchdowns that Texas has had this season, and not a single one has gone to a wide receiver. There's been one to Bijan Robinson, one to Roshan Johnson, and one to Jatavian Sanders. If you consider tight end, wide receiver, sure. But from a true wide receiver, there's not been a single touchdown scored. It's time. I feel like if, you know, especially if Hudson Card is, is the guy, he's had a full game to kind of get those reps with the, the receivers. I feel like this is a prime opportunity for it to actually click and uh, maybe I think turn around the fact that no receivers currently have any touchdowns um, in the re you know the receiving game so far this season. So yeah, I'm going to agree. I I think maybe maybe it's uh, any receiver is going to have a breakout game. I'm going to say Xavier Worthy's top, but I don't want to um, you know discredit our man Jordan Whittington either because I think that he could also be primed for a breakout game. I feel like the somebody one of the receivers at Texas is due and i i feel like this is a good opportunity um against this texas tech defense um especially you know I, i'm not sure i'm trying to see if i can pull up their defensive uh passing defense they're about 62 in the country in passing yards ranked 
um, in passing yards allowed from a pass defense standpoint. So, yeah, I feel like this is a prime opportunity. Week four conference play, you know, everything kicks up here. Um, I'm going to say at least one receiver, and I'll, I'll agree. I'll say Xavier Worthy will be the one to have that breakout game. All right. All right, there you have it, folks. We will be back uh, to talk about the Texas-Texas Tech football game after the game. So make sure you uh, you log back into the flagship podcast at that time. We've always got you covered. Until then, we'll see you over at horns247.com. For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.